Bernie, if you guys you guys don't know who he is, I'll tell you who is. Bernie and I, uh, he was the pastor at New Life Church when I was a youth pastor over there uh, for several years, and so I got to know him then. He is a Canadian, as crazy as that sounds. He came all the way down here from Canada. But uh, anyway, so he's very proud of his native country, which I don't understand because to me, like if their national anthem is like, oh, Canada. I mean, you couldn't come up with something better than that, but... You know, I mean, but but anyway, he uh, he is a he's a good guy. He's a fireball. He's a Michigan Wolverine fan. But anyway, he's uh, he's a great guy, and I was glad he was coming through and asked several months ago if he was coming through if he could he could speak here. So I was happy to have him. So if you would give a big round of applause for Bernie Berg. I teach out of the Reader's Digest this morning. Is that all right with y'all? Just joking. Just joking. And we got your Bibles this morning. It's great to be here. Hallelujah. How many love Jesus? It's good to be born again in this hour, isn't it? I'll tell you something right now with what's going on on planet Earth. It is crazy. I mean, with the storms. But how many know it's all in your Bible? We're going to talk today about end times. And uh, I've, I was a youth pastor for uh, about nine and a half years in Canada. Uh, he was kind of joking about my country. I actually love the U.S. more than Canada. If you cut me open, I bleed red, white, and blue. Don't tell my Canadian friends, but uh, I'm not into socialized medicine. I'm not into socialism. I'm into, I'm into free enterprise. So, and uh, we got a lot of liberalism there in Canada. So pray for us. We got a prime it's minister. Right if we run this live, isn't it? What's that? It's all right if we run this live. Yeah, that's fine. No problem. <laughs> but uh, no, it's good to be here. And uh, you guys got a great pastor. He, you know, one thing about uh, Pastor Chris is he's got a heart for people. And that's what a shepherd needs. You know, I remember when I was in Bible school uh, about, a, about a month ago, Chris, in Bible school. I just got out. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> anyway, do you remember Dean Crowell? Dean Crowell talked about this one pastor uh, who had a, had a church maybe 30, 40, and he said that he would get ushered in by an entourage when the second or third worship song went in. He was untouchable. No one can touch him, this, that, and the other. And as he said, amen, he was whisked out with the entourage. No one could get close to him. And this is one thing Dean Krause said. He was our dean there at Ramah. He said, pastors need to smell like their sheep because they're hanging with them. He was very, he said that, he, he, he kind of rolled his eyes. He said, give me a break, man. He's got 30 people. He's got an entourage. What in the world? I mean, how many know that's not God? The pastor needs to smell like his sheep, amen, because he's hanging with them. And so I know you got a pastor like that. I mean, what pastor would pick up kids, you know, in the name? That's awesome. So you guys are blessed. Trust me. Amen. What's that? That's okay, too. Well, just make sure, just make sure he's using underarm deodorant. But, uh, oh, brother. He's a corn husker. I am a Wolverine fan. We lost yesterday. Both of our teams lost, so we're... Uh, Bear with us, man. We're just, uh, I'm getting the victory slowly this morning. So by the end of the service, we're going to have the victory. How many glad to know Jesus? Isn't it wonderful? How many glad to, that this Bible speaks to us? I mean, this is a newspaper that literally speaks to us today. This is more current than whatever, the Omaha Herald Daily or whatever that thing's called or, or the Rockport uh, Dispatch or I don't know, <laughs> whatever. This word is powerful. And I want you to turn your Bibles this morning to Second uh, Peter. We're going to look at some scriptures this morning, and I was praying, you know, I've never actually, actually done a whole message on end times. So this is kind of a first for me, because as a youth pastor, my pastor kind of believes a little different than I do in end times. And he's a great man, I, I don't know if he's watching right now, but he believes more in a post-tribulation rapture, where I believe more of a pre-tribulation rapture. And, uh, but when I was a youth pastor, obviously I'm not going to teach something different than my pastor, Amen. 
So when people ask me, I said, I'm a pan tripper. It's all going to pan out in the end. You know, that's kind of a safe way of saying I'm not taking a stand either way. But as I've studied out the last number of years and just hours and hours, the Word of God is clear on these things. And, you know, the Bible wants us to rightly divide the Word. What happens many times is people take scriptures that are meant specifically for the Jewish people and they, they generalize them for the church. And that's where we can get off in little rabbit trails. And that's why there's so, so much confusion in this, this end times teaching. You know, there's, you know, you got, you got pre-tribbers, you got mid-tribbers, you got post-tribbers, then you got pre-wrath-tribbers. Then you got these guys called preterists. I, that's a dangerous thing. But they believe that everything took place already, the, that the book of Revelation, which Pastor Chris is teaching right now, already took place. And, you know, 2,000 years ago. And then you got post-millennialists, pre-millennialists, amillennialists. It, it gets confusing. And God wants, how many know God is not the author of confusion? And he wants to bring clarity and the Word of God is just amazing. The more you study it, the more amazed I am at what's going on. And what we need to realize when we're studying end times is, how many know that God established a covenant with Abraham 4,000 years ago? And Abraham, it's an everlasting covenant. And people think that, uh, well, the Jews, you know, they've, they've turned their back on Jesus, and so God's done with them. Well, that's not true. And, it, and this doctrine that's come in is called replacement theology, where the church replaces Israel. No, that's not true. You know, it's amazing. Brother Hagin would say the body of Christ gets in one ditch or the other. You know, in the area of prosperity, you get, you get these, uh, these people that, uh, actually, when Brother Hagin was a pastor, they said, Lord, you keep them humble, we'll keep them, pure, uh, we'll keep them poor. And so here he is, you know, fighting this poverty thing. Now, how many know poverty is not of God? Prosperity is, but there's a, there's a proper balance in prosperity. Amen? Prosperity with a purpose. I don't need 10 houses and, and 20 yachts and this, that, and the other. We're blessed to be a blessing. And so people fall in one ditch. People take vows of poverty, which is insanity. And then on the other end, they're living like, you know, it's all about them. It's all about, no, God called us to, he wants to bless us so we can what? Be a blessing. Isn't that right? And so praise God. So in this area of end times, people fall in one ditch. I, I got a brother. I actually got two brothers. My one brother believes kind of that the Jews, well, they're no more important than anybody else. They're just like Nigerians or Poles or uh, whatever nationality. Now, they have to come through Messiah like everybody else. How many realize that? Because on the other ditch, we got these people called this dual covenant people that says, no, they got another covenant outside of Jesus. They don't have to come to Christ. They got a free ride because they're Jews. Baloney. So you got, I mean, I can disperse that with one scripture. Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it's the power of God unto salvation to the Jew first, then to the Greek, then to the Gentiles. How many know we got grafted in? The early church up until Cornelius' day was what? It's all Jewish. And it started with the Jews, and it's going to end with the Jews. That's why Israel, God's in covenant, and the covenant is about the land and the people. That's why God doesn't like it when people are dividing his land. Hello, Barack Obama. You know, he, I, rem, I can clearly remember this. I was coming through Rockport, and uh, this is in, 19, no, this is 2011. And I remember uh, President Obama was talking about uh, telling Israel to get get Jerusalem, get beyond, get back to 1967 borders. In other words, telling them to divide the land. And I said, man, this is not good because I've studied this out. Every time they mess with the land, within 24 to 48 hours, there's a natural disaster. 
Study it out. There's a guy who's got a book, Israel Blessing or Cursing. I think his name's Bill Koenig. Study it out. So I'm going, oh, man, what's he talking about? Yeah, he's basically said, Israel, get back to pre-1967 borders, this, that, and the other. I'm going, whoa. Within 48 hours, you can remember, look it up. 2011, right here in the state, Joplin, Missouri, a third of it was devastated with a tornado. Why Joplin? I don't know. But it just happens every time we mess with that land. It's been previous administrations, too, under Clinton, under Bush. Listen, God says in Genesis 12, I will bless them that bless thee and curse them. That be, a, be someone that blesses the Jewish people. Amen? No, they're not perfect. But you know what? They gave us the Bible. They gave us the prophets. How many know everyone that wrote this Bible was a Jew? And they gave us the most important person ever, Jesus, our Savior. How many know he's a Jew? He not, not was a Jew, he is a Jew. And so it started with Israel, it's going to end with Israel, and we got to keep our eye on Israel. My title today, the message, you could say, what time is it? Where are we at prophetically on God's calendar, on, on God's time clock? And let me tell you something right now, we're almost there. Friends, the next event on God's calendar is the rapture of the church. How many realize that? And uh, praise God, I believe in the rapture. If we get to some of these scriptures, uh, we'll see as the Holy Spirit leads. I feel maybe in the last 10 minutes, 15 minutes, I'm going to open it up for some questions. I'm not an authority, but I've studied this, and I've had an understanding on it. And if you have maybe some questions that you've maybe had for a time, maybe if something I shared today, feel free to ask it. Because how many know we want to learn? Church is a place of learning. Amen? And so we want to learn. And God's Word is so full of nuggets and so full of good stuff. So look at uh, 2 Peter chapter 3. Praise God. How many love the Word of God? It's powerful. Now look at what Peter says. You know what's amazing about this book? Is you've got 66 books, probably over 40 authors, and they all, the central theme from Genesis to Revelation is who? Is Jesus. I mean, right there in Genesis, he talks about the seed of the woman bruising the serpent's head. It's all, I mean, it brings you all, and I'm going to show you some neat stuff from the Word of God. And, you know, I love the nation of Israel. I've been there one time. But how many know, we got even people in these ditches. There's people that say, well, Israel, they don't mean anything. I said this to my brother. He said, wow, they're just like anybody else. I said, okay, Norm, say you don't believe the Bible. He's a Christian. He's a good guy. I said, say you don't believe the Bible at all. Isn't it interesting that that little nation, the size of the state of New Jersey, is in the news every single day? Why is Nigeria not in the news? It's way bigger, way more people. Why is, uh, you know, Albania or whatever, pick whatever country. It's always because it all took place there in Jerusalem. And really, the epicenter is Jerusalem. And if you want to get even more specific, the Temple Mount. That's where Abraham offered up Isaac. That's where Jesus died. And that's where that temple is going to be rebuilt. How many know the Jews are going to build another temple? Read it, man. It's in, and so I don't know how deep we're going to get today, but uh, we're going to open it up at the end for maybe questions for 10, 15 minutes. If you have some questions, I'm not the all authority, but I, I've done some studying and, and learning, and maybe Chris knows a few things too. I know he's teaching, I know he knows a lot. Teaching Revelation. How many are joining Revelation on Wednesdays? That's a, man, that's an intense, woo, my. You know, interestingly, we're talking about the rapture. In chapters 1 to 3 of Revelation, the church is mentioned, I think, 14 to 20 some odd times, the word ecclesia for the church. From chapters 4 to 19, not mentioned at all. Interesting. And that deals with the time of the tribulation. Friends, the church is not going to be here for the tribulation period. You say, why? Well, what do you, I mean, how, how many want to tribulate? I, I don't know, some people like... Uh, 
like that. They, they, here's the bottom line. There's a thing called the 70 weeks of Daniel. It's a prophecy that the angel Gabriel actually gave to Daniel in Daniel 9, 20, 24 through 27. Maybe we'll get a chance to go with that. I don't know. I'm going to have to move fast. Bottom line, it deals with the nation of Israel and the holy city, Jerusalem. And he basically takes you through 490 years where a decree went out from King Artaxerxes to Nehemiah to go build, rebuild the wall and go rebuild Jerusalem. That happened in, I believe, 435 B.C. If you take the clock and go all the way, he, he talks about until that decree went forth, until the cutting off of Messiah, the exact day that Jesus died. And it, how do we know the Bible's precise? It's not here, there. It's right on the money. To that exact day that Jesus died, that's 483 years. You say, well, there's seven years missing, precisely. Because when Jesus rose from the dead, day of Pentecost, God birthed the church. And we've been in the church age for the last 2,000, around 2,000 years. And what's interesting about the Bible, the Bible says one day or a thousand years is as one day to the Lord and one day is a thousand years. We're going to see this in Peter. So how many are here in Peter? Go to Peter, 2 Peter 3, we're getting there. Glory to God. I love the nation of Israel. How many know that, here's another thing, you can... It was known as a wasteland. When, they, when people saw it, before Israel became a nation in 1948, the 30s, that place, there was nothing they thought could survive there. Did you know that Israel now provides 90% of the fruit for Europe? Yes, it's amazing. God said in the desert it would become a blossoming garden. How many know the word's true? It's all in the prophets. It's all in Isaiah. The, the exact day that he would even become a nation is prophesied in Ezekiel. May 14th, 1940, it's there. How many know in 1967, Jerusalem was again recaptured? All this is prophetic signs of the times we're in. Amen. These are signs pointing to the near return of Jesus. And, and the next event on God's calendar is what? The rapture of the church. Look at 2 uh, Peter chapter 3. He says, Beloved. So he's talking to us. How many are beloved here? He says, I now write to you this second epistle... For both of which I stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance. How many know it's good to remind ourselves of things? You know, when you went to school, and that's why I really believe church is to be a place of learning. A place where people learn the word of God and grow. How many know they hammer those addition and subtraction, multiplication and division things into your brain? I mean, they hammered every day. It was a boom, boom, boom. Now, if I were to say four times three equals what? Thirteen, right? Four times three, twelve. I mean, I could, you, you guys could... Why did they do that? So you get, would get a strong foundation in the basics, so then you could take it to another level. And how many like calculus? And, you know, uh, algebra and functions and relations and geometry and all that stuff. I'm not into it, but I'm just, Chris was really into it, actually. Oh, you slept through those classes. Okay. Pastor Chris. No. <laughs> He's called to preach the word. But anyway, so church is to be a place of learning. Will we learn the word of God? Will we grow? I love when I leave a church service and, man, I've been fed. The, it's like, man, it's some good stuff because God's word is so true. And I know you guys get fed really good here with the word. Amen. You're blessed because there's a lot of churches, man. The people walk out, they're starving, man. The pastor is like, you know, he's reading, like I said, from the Reader's Digest or whatever, and nothing's coming forth. The people don't know. Now, sometimes I talk to people, I'm like, and they don't know nothing from nothing. I mean, they don't even know we're in the end times. I'm talking even Christians. So it's life and death, the church you go to. Amen? So he goes on to say, he says, 
that you may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets. Man, I tell you, man, I'm almost going to need glasses here, man. This is, uh, hold on, guys. Before by the holy prophets and of the commandment of us, the apostles, and of the Lord and Savior, knowing this first, that scoffers will come in the last days, walking according to their own lusts, and saying, Where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. How many know there's people, even in the church, that's, ah, we've heard about this end time stuff. We heard Jesus is coming. It ain't going to happen in our lifetime. I got a friend. He's a Ramograd. Dude, it ain't happening in our life. Friends, we are there. We are in the final lap. We are in the two-minute warning. And what I want to encourage you today is do all you can for the Lord this last hour. How many know when a, when a football team is in the two-minute warning and they're down by, say, a touchdown or five, six points? They suck it up. Guys don't come to the house. Dude, I'm tired. I don't think I can. No. They're like, they reach down on the inside. They dig deep and say, listen, we're going to give it all we got. I mean, how many saw the Super Bowl? Was that something? I turned it off after the first half. Of and I, somehow, I'm glad I did. I thought, well, it's Tom Brady. Let's turn it on. Sure enough, boom. They come back and win. Friends, this is the two-minute warning. This is the last lap. Man, this is it. I don't know if anybody ever ran here before. Any distances, Pastor Chris? No? No? Okay. Man, when you can see that finish line, I don't know, adrenaline pumps through you and you kick it into a higher level. That's what God's saying this last hour. You're on the planet for such a time as this. And here's the amazing thing. I don't know why he chose us to be down here, but you know what? He saw something in you and you're here right now. You know, what's amazing about the Bible is 30% of this book is prophecy. And no other book, the Koran, whatever other book the Buddhists use, can predict prophecy. Why? Because God is the one who wrote this. He's the one who controls the future. He's the author and the finisher. He's the first and the last. I mean, I'm telling you, man, what, the more I dig in, in this prophecy thing, I might teach on this more and more as these end days because I want it to motivate people to do all they can for the Lord in this last hour. Share the gospel with your friends. Pray for people. Reach out to people because you know what? You're writing your resume right now for the millennium. Hello? You say, the millennium, what's that? Well, we might have a chance to get it. When Jesus, when the church is raptured, we go to be with the Lord for the marriage supper of the Lamb. On planet Earth, seven years of tribulation, you don't want to be down here. We'll have the marriage supper of the Lamb. Then we're going to come back with Jesus. He's going to be riding on that white horse. We're coming back with him. How many know all those people in the rapture that have died beforehand? They're going to, let's go there real quick. Let's go to 1 Thessalonians. I probably got about six months of teaching here that I'm trying to capsulize into 30 minutes. So we're going to hit little high points. And, uh, but look at 1 Thessalonians. Hallelujah. How many love the word? Yeah. I got a saying, if your Bible's falling apart, you aren't because you're using it. I got to move to another Bible here eventually. I'm, this is my book, Ephesians. I love the book of Ephesians. It's the best. Now, the book of Thessalonians, which it, what's interesting, in the whole first book of Thessalonians, every chapter talks about the coming of the Lord. And again, when I'm talking about the coming of the Lord, how many know Jesus came the first time? He came, you know, we were singing it. He came as a lamb the first time. The second time, he's coming as a lion. Now, 
There's two parts of the coming. There's the rapture, which Paul calls a mystery, where he's going to take up the church. Now, what does the church consist of? It consists of born again, those that have been born of the Spirit of God, Jews and Gentiles alike. How many know Jews that are born again are part of the church? But then God's going to deal the last seven years, those 490 years, the 70 weeks of Daniel, we probably don't have a chance to go there, but if you want to write this down, go to Daniel 9, 24 to 27. It's all laid out there beautifully. And when you do the math, it's amazing. Now, he talks about weeks there, but, but he's, he's actually referring to years. One week is seven years. Seventy times seven, because the Jews, they deal with weeks and years. Their calendar's a little different, and it's actually 360 days, a lunar cycle, instead of our 365 Gregorian calendar. But it's all laid out there beautifully. So there's seven years that God is specifically going to deal with the Jews. The church doesn't need to be down here. There's scriptures in Jeremiah that talk about the time of Jacob's trouble. Who's Jacob? Not the church. Israel. It's clear. There's another scripture, and I don't think we'll have a chance to go there in Thessalonians, that talks about until he who is taken out of the way, until he who restrains. Well, who's that talking about? It's talking about the Holy Spirit in the church. People say, well, that can't be the church. The church is the bride of Christ, but the church is also the body of Christ. Friends, let me tell you right now, if the globalists and the antichrist forces wanted to take over right now, they, they would, but they can't. Because the Holy Spirit in the church is the restrainer. I saw this this last election. Thank God. I, I tell you, there are people who are praying. I remember you were texting me. I think we were, and, and uh, you know what? Listen, I love President Trump, and we got to pray for him because I believe God put him in there. He's not perfect. Nobody is. David wasn't perfect, but I believe that he has a heart for God. I really do. And, but he's surrounded by some people that want to kind of lead him astray. And so, no question, if, if this is the last bastion, this is the reason I love this nation so much, it's the last bastion of freedom. Canada, we're, we're further down the slippery slope of globalism. We're right in that, uh, what do you call that, that uh, Paris Agreement, uh, global warming, mishmash. I mean, thank God President Trump took the nation out of it. And we got to believe he stays out of it. But here's what I'm saying is we're the restrainer in the earth. And God wants us to take our place. I like to say it like this. When Jesus rose from the dead, he gave all authority to the church. Now we are to use it. There's a new sheriff in town and it's you. Now let me ask you, what are you doing with that authority? I like to teach a lot on the authority of believer. This is kind of new for me, teaching on end times. But God has given the church authority. And I saw as people got together and prayed, I remember seeing video footage of people in India that were just praying fervently, Lord, thank you for President Trump becoming president. Man, God did a miracle. He literally split the, the Red Sea when he got in because nobody saw it coming except for the Lord. Hallelujah. So we can still do damage on this planet against the kingdom of darkness. We can't take this fatalistic view and say, well, Jesus is coming. Let's get up on, a, I don't see many mountains here, but let's get up on a little hill and wait. No. Jesus said, occupy until I come. He gets no pleasure in people. This is the way you should view end times. Okay? Prepare like he's Live like he's coming today. Prepare like he's coming in 100 years. Should you have babies? Should you have family? Should you study? Yes, yes. God takes no pleasure in it. Just sit. Oh, we're waiting. To, no, no, no. He wants to find his people occupying, doing the work of the kingdom, leading people to Christ before he comes. How many of you hear me? Amen. Glory to God. 1 Thessalonians 4.17. Hallelujah. Boy, I love the word. Glory to God. This is a scripture many times you'll hear at, at you know, funerals and stuff, but uh, I'm going to get in the lights again. My goodness, these eyes, man. Whoo, brother. 
Chris is just, Pastor Chris is laughing over there, man. You have, you have the same, oh, you got glasses, eh? Man, it's it, it getting smaller and smaller here. I used to have 20, 20 I, I can see long distance, but when I get closer, because I read a lot. Okay. This is what he says. For this we say to you, verse 15. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. So all of our relatives, my dad went to be with the Lord almost, ten, almost seven years ago, Chris, when, when I come on at, came on at New Life Church. He's going to rise the dead in Christ, all those that have gone on before are going to rise first. Then look what the Bible says. Then we who are alive and remain, we could actually be the generation that never sees death. You say, when can the rapture take place? My own personal belief is this. Now, people say, the Bible says, no man knows the day or the hour. But I believe prophetically, as you look at God's calendar, you can see in Jesus' first coming that he fulfilled all, and I know Pastor Chris has taught on the feast, all the spring feasts, exactly to the day and the hour. How many know he was crucified on Passover? He was buried on unleavened bread. He rose three days later on first fruits, and 50 days later, the Holy Spirit was sent on Pentecost. He fulfilled all those spring feasts. My own personal belief is this, is that he, the rapture is going to take place in the time, uh, the Jewish feast of Feast of Tabernacles, the Feast of Trump, oh, sorry, not the Feast of Tra Tabernacles, the Feast of Trumpets, Rosh Hashanah, which we celebrated about two weeks ago. Now, I'm not telling you to celebrate feasts and this and that, but it's good to have an understanding of it. Because how many know they're the Lord's feast? They're not Israel's feast. The Bible says in Leviticus, they're the Lord's feast. So my, that's my own personal belief. Now you say, well, wait a second. Then you know when he's coming. It's actually a two-day feast. And if you study it out, they would send two witnesses out to see when the new month started, the new year, if there was a little sliver of the moon. And so they would go, and then they would come and report back. So you don't know the day or the hour if it's, it's two days. That's my own personal belief. Could he come during the Feast of Time? I'm sure he could. I, I, that's my own personal belief because he fulfilled all those spring feasts, and we have the three fall feasts. We have Feast of Trumpets, Rosh Hashanah. We have Yom Kippur, which I believe is a seven-year tribulation period. And then we have right now celebrating the Feast of Tabernacles, which is Sukkot. It's going on right now, which my own personal belief parallels and prophetically speaks of the millennium, the thousand-year reign of Christ. We're not going to have time to get into that, but all I'm telling you is you're writing your resume right now for the millennium. And I don't want to be digging ditches during the millennium. How about you? I want to be ruling the reign with God. So don't goof around with the things of God. How many hear me? Yeah. Hallelujah. So he goes on to say, he says, then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up. Now that word is very interesting, caught up. People that don't believe in the rapture say, well, the rapture is not found anywhere in the Bible. It actually is. It's found in the Latin Vulgate Bible. The word is rapier. But they translated it caught up in your Bible, or maybe I don't know what version you guys got. The word caught up is the word harpazo. And it literally means to seize quickly. To seize and remove quickly. That's what's going to happen. In the twinkling of an eye. Go real quickly to 1 Corinthians 15. Here's another scripture of the rapture. Hallelujah. Whoa, I love the word. You know, if we'll just let the Bible speak for itself. You know, there's over 300 prophecies. 
This is amazing about the Bible. It's just, it's just an amazing, amazing book. Over 300 prophecies that Jesus fulfilled to a T. In his first coming, it talked about he would be born in Micah, in Bethlehem. It talked about, you know, he would be, uh, they would gamble over his, his outfit, his robe. All that's there. Did you know that if just eight of those prophecies basically were fulfilled by one man, you know what the odds and the probability of that are? One to the 10 power of 17. So you got one, uh, 17 zeros. Now, to just give you an indication of what that means is take the state of Texas, which is like over 263 square miles, fill it two feet of silver dollar bills. How many have ever been to Texas? Big state. It comprises about almost 9% of, of the land mass here in America. Fill it with $2 coins, okay? Mark one coin, then go up in the air, and you got one chance, okay? You're going to parachute and try to land on that one coin. That's the probability. The actual word for that is jillion. That's the probability of those prophecies, just eight of them being fulfilled in one person, and Jesus fulfilled 300 of them. How many know that in his first coming, there's a lot of prophecies, there's eight times as many prophecies for his second coming. It's all there, man. 30% of this book is prophecy. So I believe we need to learn it, amen? And you know what? I believe it's a plan from the enemy to keep God's people away from it because he freaks them out. You know, the book of Revelation, man, you got the one eye, uh, uh, monster and you got this guy with 10 toes and what the world no that's the only book how many of you get blessed by reading the whole bible but that's the only book that specifically gives you a special blessing for reading it and i believe it's a plan of the enemy to keep people out i'm getting excited about the end times amen we're living in them right now what time is it it's almost time's up church what time we got there chris uh have you touched my notes yet 11 okay we got a, we got a few more minutes Hallelujah. Look at 1 Corinthians. Glory to God. Man, this, I just get excited about this book. Man. You know, we were talking about, and as you're turning there, I know sometimes it takes some of you to get a little further. Corinthians is in, it's not Chronicles, it's in the New Testament. And I used to play a joke on my teenagers as they turned to the book of uh, Hezekiah. Man, they're going through. Man, I know that's in there somewhere. So finally, the smart one goes to the table. There is no, no kidding, dude. You want to get people to get into their Bibles, amen? Get into the Word, man. I would tell my young people, eat it, sniff it, snort it, mainline it, sleep it, get it in you. Because this book is life. Amen. This book is so full of power. The words, the Bible says his, he sent his word to heal them. If you need healing in your body, the word of God brings healing to you. If you need peace in your mind, the word of God will bring peace to you. How many know God's word is powerful? And Jesus said you can have what you say in Mark eleven twenty three. So if you're saying rubbish all the time, oh, my life is rubbish. Well, that's an English word, by the way. If you're talking garbage and saying, oh, nothing works in my life. Oh, my, my stinking car will probably break down. Then we see you three weeks later on the side of the road. Your car is broken down. Well, what do, you, what do you expect? You have what you say in the negative, but you can have what you say in the positive. Now, it's got to be according to the word. Well, I want that other guy's wife. Shame on you. Repent. Get saved. So it's got to be according to the word, amen? Well, I want a, a million dollar... Oh. This fall out here? Okay. I want a million dollar uh, house and I want a hundred thousand dollar... You know what? Start at ten dollar faith, amen? 
Your faith, you know, some people, it, it amazes me sometimes because people, man, they, they, they can't even believe God for $10 and they're already talking about a million dollar home. I'm like, just start in increments. Amen. You don't go from grade one to grade 12 right away or into university from grade one. Amen. So we grow in this. But God, you know, it's not about things. It's about the kingdom. See, when God has you, he has your finances. It's like, you know, I mean, sometimes in, you go to some churches, man, it's offering time, man. It's like you could hear a pin drop, man. And it's like all the coins and dollar bills are like prisoners in people's wallets, man. They're like, oh, he wants my money. He wants, it's like, chill out, man. God wants your heart. Once he's got your heart, he's got your money. Amen. Money is just a tool. It's a servant. You should tell it what to do. It's neither good nor bad. In the hands of a pimp or prostitute, it, it brings destruction. In the hands of a godly person, it can build orphanages and bless people. And Amen. So hallelujah. Glory to God. So are we in 1 Corinthians yet? Man, you guys are good. I got to get there. Look at uh, verse... For time's sake, let's go to verse 50. Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does corruption inherit incorruption. This whole chapter he's talking about corruption and incorruption. The heavenly body. How many know we're going to get glorified bodies in the rapture? Amen. Whoa, man, it's going to be like when Jesus came to the earth. He walked through walls. So you're telling me, Pastor Bernie, that people are going to have glorified bodies, but there's actually people that are going to go through the tribulation, survive, and still be in their natural bodies? Yes. And we don't have time to get into that. But man, this is, listen, you, say, you might be saying, man, I got all kinds of dreams to fulfill for the Lord. That's why your job's not done after the rapture. Are you hearing me? We're going to be ruling and reigning with Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. There is a millennium. Glory to God. And it's the thousand reign of the Lord Jesus. Watch this now. He said in Peter, one day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day. Watch this now. From Adam to Abraham, 2,000 years. From Abraham to Jesus, another 2,000 years. Now, I'm not a rocket scientist, but that's 4,000 years, right? From Jesus to now, approximately 2,000 years. They say in the Hebrew calendar, we're at the year 5777. Who knows? We're close, okay? Either way. The Lord created the earth in how many days? Six days. Before we go to 1 Corinthians, I want you to go to Isaiah 46. You've got to see this. Oh, I love the word, man. It's... We're going to get back to 1 Corinthians. I just want you to see some of this because the Bible is so amazing. Hallelujah. Do you realize right now, the Bible talks about the battle of Armageddon. The blood's going to be up to the horse's bridle. Do you realize right now there's something like 170 different species of these? They're like vulture-type birds that, are, that eat up carcasses that are flying and migrating to, to Israel, to that area of Megiddo. It's like they know something. So, yeah, look it up. Yep. I'm telling you right now, man, this all earth, all the storms we see, all the birth pangs, all the stuff. You know, the, we had Hurricane uh, Harvey. Then we had Irma. Then we got uh, Billy Bob or whatever. I don't know. What's the latest one? Nate. I mean, the earth is, is convulsing. All creation. The Bible talks, how many moms we got here? Yet, when it's getting closer and closer for that time for that baby to be born, the birth pains get, isn't that right? That's what, that's what the earth is doing right now. Birth pains, the Bible talks about. And it's happening all around us. I mean, we're seeing it. I mean, we live in crazy times. Is this not crazy times? The Bible talks in 2 Timothy about perilous times. That word is hazardous and dangerous times. Look what just happened last week in Las Vegas. 
Friends, let me encourage you. Cover yourself in the blood every time you leave your house. And be led by the Holy Spirit. It could be life and death for you. Because you could walk into a mall and a crazy man, but you listen to the Holy Ghost. There's people on, the, on 9-11 that's, that the Spirit of God said, don't go on that trip. Well, I worked there. No, don't go. They didn't. They're alive. Other ones who are saved probably overrode that. That's no, they're in heaven. So it's life and death listening to the Spirit of God. Amen. Look at Isaiah 46, verse 9. Glory to God. How many think God is amazing? He's cool. The Word is just, look what he says here. He said, remember the former things of old, for I am God, and there is none other. Now he repeats it again. He says, I am God, and there is none other like me, declaring the end from the beginning. It's like God at the, book of, at the beginning, Genesis, declared the end from the beginning. Six days of creation. What's the seventh day? The thousand-year reign of Christ. We're right there, guys. We're close. Hallelujah. So he says, declaring the end from the beginning and from ancient times, things that are not yet doing, saying, my counsel shall stand and I will do all my pleasure. Hallelujah. God's word will come to pass every jot, every tittle, every part of this word will come to pass. How many believe that? Glory to God. Go back to 1 Corinthians. Where are we at, Chris, time-wise? Hallelujah. We're moving fast here and... I want you to see something, and I saw this t today or a few weeks ago, but then I, I wrote it down. This is amazing. The first ten names in the Bible, how many know the Hebrews would give, give their children names, and God taught them to give names that had meanings? I'm going to read you the first ten males of the line and lineage. It's right there in Genesis 5. Adam begat Seth, and Seth begat... How many of the Bible is so anointed you could get healed on the begats? How many of you I'm talking about? You're like, begat this guy, begat that guy. Listen to this. Adam means man. Seth means appointed. Enosh, the third one in line, mortal. Canaan, his son, sorrow. Mahalel, the blessed God. Jared, I have a, I have a nephew named Jared, shall come down. Enoch, teaching. Methuselah, how many know the oldest man in the Bible? I remember this as a little kid, Bible trivia. Methuselah, how old? Come, come on, you didn't go to, did you go to nursery? No, you didn't. Sunday school? 969. Close, but it's, you're off by, you know, it's a good job. How many, 969, now he's the oldest man. Now, now I want to show you the mercy of God. Because it talks a little about there, we don't have time to go back to Peter, but he talks about the flood in Noah's day. How many know Noah was preaching for a couple hundred years? Repent. Now, the people didn't know what, was rain, what rain was. There was a canopy that, that basically a mist that went over the earth, so there was, they never saw rain. But Noah says it's going to rain, and they made fun of him. They mocked him. Just like we read, there's mockers coming in the last days. They're saying, ah, he ain't coming, man. No, that ain't happening, blah, blah. You know what? As sure as the flood came, and how many know it came? They weren't mocking. Let me tell you, when the animals started coming to the ark, some of them were like, uh, what's going on here? But still, not them ripping. When it started raining and the ark, and how many know the Bible says the Lord sealed the ark? And they couldn't get, trust me, they weren't mocking anymore. They were screaming. Friends, we're living in that time and hour. Everything that the Lord said will come to, will come to pass. Now watch this, though. Watch the mercy of God. How many know the Bible says his mercy endures forever? You know, God never runs out of mercy. People are running out of time, but God never runs out of mercy. And I see the love of God reaching even people that would mock him and laugh at him and, and you know, spit in his face. He loves them. 
and he died for them, and he wants to rescue them. That's why, friends, we got to pray. we got to share the gospel and do all we can for the Lord this last hour. But Methuselah lived 969 years, and you know what his name means? It means his death brings. In other, word, God, in other words, God said, when he dies, the flood's coming. His death brings judgment. So God kept holding on. This guy's like 800 and 850 and 900 and 930 and 950. And, and God's holding on. He's reaching out to people with mercy. Come, listen to Noah, man. Repent. Turn to me. And there's 969 years. And finally God said, that's it. The flood's coming. I gave him time and space to repent. Boom. And he's giving people time and space right now. People don't want to go through the tribulation period because you know what? The only way they're going to probably make it is via the, their head cut off. So Enoch, we remember Enoch, you know, people talk about the rapture. Where's the rapture? How many know Enoch got raptured? He's walking with the Lord, boom, gone. Elijah, raptured, boom. What do you think happened with Jesus? He got raptured. The rapture is in the Bible. Hallelujah. So he goes on to say, he says, so Methuselah, who's the eighth one, his death brings. Lamech, the ninth one, his son, despairing. Noah, rest. Now watch this as you put this together. This is pretty amazing. I got this written I thought, wow, man, this is cool, Lord. How many love the word? Listen to this. The whole plan of redemption is laid out there with the first ten names in the Bible. Man is appointed. In the, here, let me get this right. Man is appointed. One second, guys. Okay. Man is appointed mortal with sorrow. The blessed God shall come down, teaching that his death brings the despairing rest. Wow. Through those ten names. Man is appointed mortal. Man is appointed mortal with sorrow. The blessed God shall come down, teaching that his death brings the despairing rest. Isn't that amazing with the names? I just saw that today. I was like, whoa. I mean, you can see so much of the word of God. How many know the Bible talks about Things that have been, you'll see them come around again. How many have seen history repeating itself? I can remember as a young youth pastor, Dr. Lester Summerall, tremendous man of God. Uh, he, came, uh, he came to our church. I was a youth pastor, 93. He said, we've just elected Ahab and Jezebel to the White House, referring to Bill and Hillary. If you see the parallels of Bill and Hillary Clinton, they parallel exactly Ahab and Jezebel. There was a land deal, the Whitewater thing with the Clintons, land deal with Ahab and Jezebel. Study it out. Even their time of reign and their time of public office is the number of years. There's a guy named Jonathan Kahn who was, on, who was sharing some of these truths in his new book called The Paradigm. It's fascinating. And interestingly enough, there was a king by the name of Jehu who was a wild man who was, they said, this guy was... He, how many know Ahab was a Baal worshiper? And they used to offer their children to Moloch. What do you think is going on today with abortion? The Lord commanded Jehu, who wasn't king at the time, kill all the house of Ahab. He became king. He was anointed king. He killed all the house of Ahab, including Jezebel. I see almost Trump as a type of King Jehu. It's amazing when you can see some of these parallels in the world. Now, I'm not trying to you know, say Trump is Jehu, this, that, and the other. But some of these parallels that run in the Word are just phenomenal. It's almost like you see history repeating itself. And there's a scripture in Ecclesiastics that says what has been will be again. And so it's almost like, wow, God, your Word is just, woo. So how many are first, I want you to go real quick. I know we've thrown a lot of information at you. Chris, what time we got, brother? Pastor Chris? 
Okay, we're, I know we've spit a lot of information, but here we are back. Look at this. The rapture. 1 Corinthians 15. Behold, I tell you a mystery. Now, I want to just share this. You don't find the rapture in Matthew, Mark, Luke. You do find it in John when Jesus says, I go to prepare a place for you. In my Father's house are many mansions, that where I'm, I am you may be also. How many know that scripture? He's talking about the rapture there. How many know the Jewish wedding was seven days? And what happened, you've probably studied this out, Pastor Chris. The bridegroom would go and betroth his, his proposed bride, but they were kind of engaged. And then he said, I'm coming back, but I'm not telling you the time. And he would go back and prepare a beautiful place on his father's uh, property there. And then his father would say, go get your bride. And the call would go out. But she didn't know. And she, during that time, was preparing herself. How many know we're preparing ourselves right now? Amen? Because we're going to be married to him. Now, I know for guys that's a little weird or whatever. But hear me. He's our bridegroom. And we've got to purify ourselves. I'm going to tell you something about another thing about the rapture. This is the reason I believe it is because it's imminent. It could happen any time. If you believe in a post-trip rapture, you can kind of figure out the dates. Hey, I got time to goof around. And that's what, how most people act. I got time. How many here went to school? Obviously, all of you. How many, uh, you know, you had exams coming. You knew they were coming. Uh, but the last night you crammed. Anybody but me? Come on. I, I remember that was me. The last night, Mountain Dew and just do, 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 do. I'd get in there and you're looking at it and you're going, man. And I do okay, but I, I didn't do as well as I could have. How many were there? And that's, that's human nature. But you know what? This hope purifies ourselves. How many know that you won't want to be getting into a gossipy conversation if you know the Lord could come at any second? Amen? I don't want to find me gossiping. I don't want him to find me doing something that I shouldn't be doing. I want him to find me getting busy at the master's work, man. Leading someone to Wouldn't that be great when Jesus splits the eastern sky that you're leading someone to Christ? And I told my pastor, he's a, he's a poster, I love him, he's a great man. I said, Pastor, when the rapture, just grab onto my leg, you're going up too, man. <laughs> he just kind of chuckled and like, hey, if you don't believe in the rapture, you'll still go up. I'm just breaking it down because it, it's so clear to me. The Antichrist can't show his ugly face, and I don't want to see his ugly face. You know, with a lot of this end time teaching, people are like, who's the Antichrist? I don't really care who the Antichrist is. I'm looking for the Christ. Anybody with me? I don't care, you know, back in Hitler's day, they thought it was Hitler. And who else? You know, this guy, that guy, Saddam Hussein, whatever. I mean, I'm looking for the Christ, friends. How many know God wants to eradicate all the confusion and all the mishmash? It's really not that difficult. Amen? He can't come because the restrainer's here. We're here. The Holy Spirit in us is restraining that spirit of lawlessness and the lawless one. The Antichrist has many names throughout the word. One of them is Antichrist, but one of them is lawless one, the son of perdition. You can go on and on and on. We're the one who's restraining him. If they wanted to, they could already take it. They can't. And so, friends, you got authority. Hallelujah. This is the way I look at it. Not on my watch, devil. No, you don't. Not on my watch. On my watch, we're going to see abortion eradicated. Hallelujah. That's how we got to think. We can't think, well, it's getting worse and worse. Jesus, come and rescue. You know, some of these songs they sing in churches in, in years gone by, you know, they're, they're like, rescue us. We're, I'm just holding up the fort till Jesus. No, man, Jesus is coming back for a glorious church without spot or wrinkle. A church that's preparing itself like that bride prepared. 
And when the father said, go get your bride, man, he went and got the bride. And it was seven days, the wedding feast. I was just at a wedding yesterday, man. Uh, how many know Jesus loves weddings, man? His first miracle was at a wedding. Glory to God. So here he goes on to say, he says, Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. Look what he says. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet, study it out. The feast of trumpets, there's a last trumpet that's blasted. I don't have time to go there, but for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. Didn't we just read that in 1 Thessalonians 4? Isn't that right? You know what? It's going to be so quick. It's one, I mean, it's a nanosecond, less than a nanosecond. One fortieth of a second. Boom, gone. Changed. You're saying, well, how's the Lord going to do that? I mean, some people might have died in the ocean and the sharks, you know, they were shark food. Trust me. God knows where all the body parts are. It's all going to be, you're going to have a glorified body. You're going to wake up in the morning. Well, you won't, probably won't go to sleep. And how many know this glorified body Chris can eat? Amen. And don't put on any weight. Amen. I've gotten a little fluffy. I, I came back from the mission field, Chris. I was slim. I've gotten fluffy. Canada, America, good food. We got this thing in Canada called poutine. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a husky man's food. Uh, and I, don't, I try to stay away from it. I haven't eaten it in, in, in quite a long time. But it's French fries with cheese curds and gravy on top. Oh, <laughs> he's, he's loving it, okay? And you can, only, you can get it at Burger King, McDonald's, any of the fast food places in Canada. But it's like, I rebuke that. And I try to curse the calories on it, but it never works, man. You know what I'm talking about? It doesn't work, obviously. But uh, we're going to have glorified bodies. We're not going to wake up with aches and pains and stuff. I mean, I'm still young, but at times there's a little ache and pain there, Chris. And these eyes, man. What's up with these eyes, man? Lord, heal them. But anyway, uh, how many are thankful for that glorified body? In the twinkling of an eye, man. So, friends, I'm going to kind of wrap it up like this, man. Do what you can for the Lord while you have time. Lead people to Jesus. Love on people. Bring people to church. Get word out. Man, this is the best church in town. I believe it with all my heart. I know it. Because I've driven around here a little, you know. I'm not saying there's not other good church. I'm sure there is. But man, if I was in this town, I'd go to this church. Amen? It's a good, but it's not just, we got to bring people to Jesus. How I many of church doesn't get anybody saved? But Jesus saves people. But this is a place that preaches salvation and people can get saved. Amen? But you know what? Most of the churches expect people to get saved in the church. I heard a, a, a man of God share this years ago and it really resonated with me. He said, church, stop fishing in the aquarium, which is the church, and go out there. There's an ocean of people out there, amen? And you guys are doing it, man. You guys are reaching the high schools. You guys are reaching the, you know, Chris, Pastor Chris is involved in so many different areas. It's amazing what God's doing. Look, look at the growth here, guys. This is nothing. I mean, think about it. It's a town of 1,400, 1,500. Wait, to, watch what the Lord will do. I'm not saying this is nothing. Like, this, this is awesome, but God's going to blow your mind this last hour. So do what you can do for the Lord. It's two-minute warning time. You say, man, my knees are sore. I'm out of breath. Hey, let's suck it up. Yeah. Amen? We got champions. Let's stand to our feet. We got champions for Jesus in this place. I want to I just close in prayer, and then I do want to ask some questions, but I always like to give people an opportunity to receive Christ. If there's anyone in here that you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, you say, I was listening to you, all this end time stuff, blah, 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 blah. But man, I want to be ready. How many want to be ready when he comes? How many of you want to be found doing his will?
Amen. I don't want to be found murmuring or complaining. How many know Israel lost their destiny because of their murmuring? 40 years in the wilderness. I don't want that to be me. I know you don't want that to be you. Let's, how many this last hour say, Lord, I'm giving it my all for you, man. I'm giving my all for the call. Hallelujah. You know, friends, the rapture, he comes for his church. The second coming, friends, he comes with his church. We're going to be riding with him, man. Woo! And the Bible says, comfort one another with these words. I didn't get to get all the scriptures, but you know what? That comforts me. Does it comfort you to go through tribulation? You're running from cave to cave, living on uh, frozen uh, dried food or whatever that stuff? I mean, you got people on the air selling millennial ho uh, homes and, and fried frozen food. And no, no, friends, that's not going to be us. We're going to be out of here. And you know what? If I'm wrong, we're still going to preach the gospel. But I, as I've studied it out, no, I, I see it very clearly because the rapture deals with Israel, not the church. God still needs to put that pressure on natural Israel. There's still seven years of the 70th week of Dan. We didn't have time to go there, but it's an interesting thing. Ch check it out. And I know Pastor Chris, he's teaching on end times and Revelation. And that's a, whew, wow, it's amazing. Daniel and Revelation go hand in hand. But church, man, we're living in exciting times. Jesus is coming soon. And I'm not just saying, I honestly would, and I'm not a date setter or anything. I'd honestly be surprised if we're around 20 years from now. But we prepare like it'll be 100 years. Amen. So don't be, I mean, just keep doing what you're doing for the Lord. And if there's areas in your life where God says, man, get rid of this, you know what? This last lap, you don't need anything weighing you down. So if there's, if there's areas that are weighing you down, maybe sins or habits or things that are just, let them go. It's not worth, you know, people hold on to bitterness and unforgiveness. Well, that person, man, it ain't worth it, man. You're the only one that's getting sucked dry from that stuff. You know what unforgiveness and bitterness is? It's literally putting together a drink, a concoction of poison, and instead of wanting the person that hurt you to drink it, you're drinking it. It'll destroy you. Let it go, man. Forgive, walk in love. Life is too short. Have fun serving Jesus. How many know we're not to be these religious duds? That, yeah, I'm a Christian. No. Now, some, have you ever met people? Yeah, I, I pray a lot. I'm like, I don't know who you're praying to, but the Bible says in his presence is fullness of joy. God's full of life. So, Father, I thank you for these wonderful people. Thank you for the word of God. Jesus, I thank you. You're coming soon. Hallelujah, Lord. We, we, expect your, we expect your soon return. And by this hope, we purify ourselves. So, Father, I thank you for each person. I thank you right now, Holy Spirit. Church, I want to just encourage you. You know, in, in your own heart with the Lord, make adjustments because we're in the two-minute warning. This is the final lap. If there's stuff that's weighing you down, maybe habits and stuff that the Lord said, hey, I want to set you free from, I want you to lay down, just lay them down. Lord, right now, as people are making those adjustments right now, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would help them. You're their helper. You're their strengthener. You're their comforter. Lord, to run this race with patience, laying aside the weights, the sins, the things that would so easily beset us, we look unto Jesus, the author, the finisher of our faith. Oh, Jesus, you're the author and the finisher of our faith. You started it. You're going to finish it. Lord, I thank you for each person here. If there's anyone here that said, Pastor Bernie, I need to give my life to Christ, or maybe you need to rededicate your life to the Lord, I'll give you, you know, 10 seconds. If you're here, just lift up your hand. I'll pray a simple prayer. It's as easy as that. You can make it right with the Lord like that. He's just a prayer away. It's not coming up, shaking the preacher's hand. It's not uh, saying a religious Hail Mary. It's just saying, Jesus, 
I surrender my life to you. Be Lord of my life. I choose this day to follow you. Forgive me of my sins. Boom, like that. Thank you, Jesus. I just got to pray with uh, some girls there at uh, my friend's house. His, his daughter got married. And these girls came down. I got, got to lead one of them to the Lord. It's that, you know what? And church, I want to encourage you to do that. Amen? Even as preachers, we might lead people to the Lord in a main setting, but I, I encourage everyone, every believer to be a soul winner. Lead people to Jesus and, and, and show them how much he loves them. And you know what? Tell them the truth because hell, hell is for real, friends. People don't want to talk about hell. Not, hell's for real. And you know what? I, I, I still believe in repentance. Hey, what does repentance mean? It means you're heading one way. You make a 180-degree turn. Amen. We don't, we, how many know we don't cheapen the gospel? Because the gospel's been cheapened in our day and age. That's why a lot of people don't want to follow. That's why there's no power. That's why nothing's happening. Amen. So we, we preach the full gospel. Jesus loves you, but hell is hot. Amen. And he didn't create hell for anybody. Praise God. So everybody knows Jesus. Give me a wave hand. Hallelujah. All right. Praise God. Father, I ask you to bless them. I ask you to build them up. Father, for this last lap, this two-minute warning, Father, I thank you for the empowerment of the Holy Spirit in their life. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for just an ignition of the Holy Spirit and power in their life. In Jesus' name. I don't have time to do this, but I want to encourage you. Something that really radically changed my life was the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. I was a very shy boy. Would you believe I was shy? Would you believe that? No. No, I was shy. And I got filled with the Holy Spirit at the age of 13. And I, I'm honest to God, man, I started sharing the gospel with everything that moved, didn't move, trees, dogs, cats, teachers in school. Not dogs and cats, but no, I, I would just share the gospel. And there was an empowerment to be a witness. How many know it's just not about praying in tongues? And thank God, I love praying in tongues. But there's a, Jesus said, behold, I give you power to be witnesses. So I want to encourage you. We don't have time to go there, but is, does anybody, you can be seated real quick. What time we got, Chris? I want to honor that. 11.25. Okay, 11.20. Does anybody got any questions you might have? Maybe stuff that's maybe with end times, the rapture, the second coming. How many know the rapture he comes for his church? The second coming, seven years later, he's coming with his church on a white horse. How, how many see that? Amen. Yeah. Oh, you're just going amen. Okay. Praise the Lord. The, do you understand maybe the 70 weeks of Daniel? That can be complicated at times. Go there in uh, Daniel chapter 9, 24 to 27, and Pastor Chris will explain it to you. Praise God. Oh, you've talked about it? Man, he's covered, he's covered the ground, man. Uh, praise God. I want to read a, uh, just a couple of things as we close here. Some neat stuff that just God is doing. I talked about the predatory birds. This is something that's neat. I, I just heard about this. There's an actual worm that secretes an element that produces the color scarlet. Then three days later, it turns white. How many know he said, though your skins, uh, skins, <laughs> thinking red skins, no. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. There's so many cool things in creation. Everywhere you go, you look, you see, you see the handiwork and the creation of God. Because he created this place. You know, and he created it for his children. How many know when a, when a mom and dad are expecting, and I know Pastor Chris just had, what's your little guy's name? Josiah. Josiah. Oh, I like that name, man. King, great king of Israel. Started ruling reign at eight years of age. Anyway, what's, what's amazing is the parents get that room ready for that child, right? They get the commode, the little toily, squirrely, you know, the twirly things, uh, get everything ready. How many know when God created this earth, he knew his man would love rivers. I like whitewater rafting. He knew his man would love mountains and trees. He knew he'd love apples and oranges. 
Man, our, this is our playground. And how many know the earth will never be destroyed again with a flood? But it will be refined, and it goes there in 2 Peter 3. If you'll read a little further, we didn't get there, but study that out for yourself. It's going to be refined by fire, fire. but we're going to, after the millennium, there's going to be a new heavens and earth come down to earth. This earth is going to be refined, and we're going to go on into eternity, and, and, and man, it's going to be wild. How many know we're not going to be playing harps in eternity? If, you, if that's your thing, cool, but you know, people are like, we're going to be floating around on, on clouds and playing our harp. No. That was the case we'd be taking harp class right now, okay? We're going to be zooming around galaxies. I'll say, Pastor Chris, I think I'm going to head to Jupiter right now. You're going to join me? Shoom, there. I mean, guys, it's going to be beyond anything we could even imagine or think. Any questions real quick as we close? No questions? Well, we solved the world's problem. Then. No, I'm just joking. Guys, it's been a blessing. Love you. Thanks for the opportunity to share. I hope to meet some of you after the service. God bless. Thanks. All right. Well, as I said, if, if you guys want to uh, bless his ministry, he, he does a lot of, he's kind of uh, in between. He's, he's living up in Canada. He's doing some work down in Texas. He's been overseas. You were in Indonesia for Yeah, we were doing, months. I want to tell you something real cool that we saw happen in the Philippines. How many know Jesus is into healing people? And I know Pastor Chris was just there, what, about six months ago, eight months ago? A year ago. The people there are so hungry. And we, we hold these crusades. They're not huge crusades, but we literally see almost the whole place come to Jesus. I mean, these people are just so hungry. And then we see miracles. How many know Jesus is doing miracles? I wish I could tell you we see some of these miracles here. We don't. You say, well, what is it? You know what? Here in Canada and America, I know we're in the States now, but in Canada, you know, socialized medicine, people are, are so dependent on their medical and stuff. There, a lot of the people don't got anything. We see Jesus open up deaf ears. I remember one of our last crusades two years ago when we went, we were just seeking the Lord. We said, Lord, we got to see blind eyes because people are coming with blind eyes. We're not, we weren't seeing them initially in our, in our crusades. And that last service, I actually preached on Mark chapter 2, the, the paralytic and his four crazy faith friends. And every one of you needs one of these crazy faith friends because every one of you, sometime or another in your life, might get paralyzed by the situations of life. And so you need friends that are going to bring you to Jesus, bring you to this house. So I was preaching on that, and I said, I told the people, feel free at any time to interrupt my message, just like this guy. As, remember, they lowered him to the roof, and Jesus like, whoa. He sees their faith. The guy gets healed. The power of God hit that place, and I mean miracles. We saw within a matter of less than 10 minutes, like four, four or five blind eyes opened. And, and I'm watching people's irises. I'm looking at a dead eye, and all of a sudden, shoom, I see an iris form. I'm like, okay, this is real. God, you're real. Not that I didn't believe he was real, but... I had never really seen something like that. I'd seen a, a woman who was, had blind eyes in, in India get healed, but this was like one after another. And really, the, the atmosphere of faith was so supercharged, I mean, a bullfrog could have got healed. I, and it wasn't me. Those people were so hungry. How many, know, how many know you guys have a lot to do with the service, just like Pastor Chris? Amen? And so I want to encourage you every week, come expecting. On the, man, God's going to move. Something awesome is going to happen, man. This is going to be awesome. Because I know even back in my home church, people come in, yes, sure, see what the pastor's got, blah, blah, you know. And, but the atmosphere of expectancy is the birthing place for miracles. God wants to show up and show himself strong in this last hour. So, amen. Amen.